Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that home. Good morning, ladies, on this rainy day here in Tennessee. Anyway, I don't really mind whatever the weather. Um, life is still great. Now, um, some little updates. Um, I know you will have been enjoying the new magazine. Uh, Perhaps you're running out of copies. There's people you'd love to give it to. Well, don't hesitate to email me at nancy at aboverubies.org. Don't forget it's O-R-G. And um, I'm always happy to send you extra copies that you can share with friends and you can take out to places uh, wherever you are going. I love to put above rubies in the little baby changing tables that are in most uh, restaurants and most supermarkets um, because uh, it's so wonderful if we can get out this message of encouragement to mothers and wives and families. There's a whole generation of mothers who don't even know about Above Rubies. I started it um, with the mothers of my generation and then the mothers of my children's generation. But there's the next generation now and and uh, they, they need it, I think, more than ever. So uh, please, I trust you'll get a vision for uh, getting these magazines out, especially to the new generation of young mothers. Another thing to remind you about And that is our first Above Rubies family retreat for the year, which will be our one in April um, down in uh, Panama City, uh, Laguna Beach, Florida. And this is a wonderful retreat and it's just booking up so fast. If you want to come, please contact them immediately. You can go to the web page aboverubies.org and you'll be able to look up all the camps and retreats and get the info. Or you can call Alison Hartman at 850-221-1222 and uh, be in. You won't want to miss out. Um, This is such a glorious gathering of families, young people. Come with your whole family, from oldest to youngest. I think we often have more young people at this retreat than anyone else. The young people have such a wonderful time together and come back year after year as they make wonderful friendships. In fact, families are making such wonderful friendships together. And uh, families come from all over the states. We've had them come from... um, everywhere, um, just all over. So be in uh, now. Um, when you get this podcast, it will be the 8th of March. 
which means this last week we will have celebrated our 59th wedding anniversary uh, on the 2nd of March. It's hard to believe that this coming year, this coming anniversary, we will have been married 60 years. And yet it still just seems like one blink of my eye. And how is it that we still feel so young? I can't believe it. Anyway, we are continuing, dear ladies, our wonderful series of the land of motherhood. And wow, we've got so much to talk about. And we are still on the subject of it is a delightful land. We read in the Word of God, how this is how God described uh, the land of Israel. And uh, we are, of course, taking all the descriptions about the land of Israel into our land of motherhood. The land of Israel was a delightful land back in Bible times. For thousands of years, it lay waste to nearly 2,000 years. But God is just blessing it again as his people are coming back to the land. The word of God promises that it will blossom again, and it is doing that. And, and it's becoming that beautiful, delightful land again. And it's just a type of God's kingdom God's kingdom is a delightful land, and there is so much to discover in this land. In his word, the word of God is a delightful land to discover his truths, his promises, his ways, and all of how he wants us to live. And it just goes into the land of motherhood because this is the land that God has chosen for us as mothers to live. And so I was talking to you about this last time and, and I shared with you six different Hebrew words that mean delightful. But ladies, I continued studying and guess what? I ended up finding 20 different Hebrew words which all have the meaning of delightful and pleasurable. It's just amazing. And uh, so I only got up to six last time. And I, I don't think I can keep up with giving you the all of the 20 words, because um, I guess maybe you perhaps doing the dishes, going for a walk, doing laundry as you're listening and how can you write down Hebrew words and even know how to spell them. In fact, I'm thinking of Darlene. Darlene, you'll be listening as you are transcribing. Darlene Norris is our wonderful transcriber. Did you know that every one of the podcasts are transcribed? And Darlene does this ministry as a ministry of love to all those who want to read the transcripts. Thank you, darling. 
Oh, I'm just so grateful to you, and you just do the most amazing job. But I think I'll spare you of giving you all these Hebrew words, but what I'll do, ladies, is when Darlene sends me the transcript, I'll add um, the Hebrew words for you there, and you can get them on the transcript. And so... What I thought, what will I do? Instead of giving you all these Hebrew words, I discovered them all. I looked them all up. Um, and from them, I have found, uh, let's see, I found 16 different things that God delights in. And then I found 22 different things that God wants us to delight in. And every one of these come from one of these 20 Hebrew words, which have the meaning of delightful. So we're going to look into them. And uh, I don't think we'll get through them all today, but uh, I want you to come on this journey with me because it's so exciting. First of all, let me take you to Joshua. Joshua chapter 18. And the children of Israel were all there at Shiloh. And Shiloh was where they uh, first, uh, when they came into the land, this is where they settled uh, the tabernacle. And uh, it was there for hundreds of years. But this is where they were. They were in Shiloh. But there was, and they had been taking the land and possessing the land, but there was still land that was not yet possessed. And so in verse 3, Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you? And so. Uh, he told them to get on the job. And so we go down to verse 8, and it says there, And the men arose and went away, and Joshua charged them that went to describe, to write about it, to describe the land, saying, Go and walk through the land and describe it, and come again to me, that I may here cast lots for you before the Lord in Shiloh. And the men went and passed through the land and described it by cities into seven parts in a book and came again to Joshua to the host at Shiloh. And so they went out to, uh, to discover the land. The good God's Word translation says, Go, survey the land, write a description of it, and return to me. And so the men surveyed the land. They described it in a book. The New Living Translation says, Joshua speaking, Go and explore the land and write a description of it. The men did as they were told and mapped the entire territory into seven sections, listing the towns in each section. They made a written record and then they returned to Joshua in the camp at Shiloh. Go and explore the land. Dear ladies, have you done some exploring? 
So often we come into the kingdom of God, we're born again, we embrace the glorious salvation that God has provided for us, and there we stay. Wow, we're in the land, the land of God's wonderful redemption and salvation, and here we are. But do we move on? Do we go and explore and see what else God has for us? Do we explore his wonderful book that he has written for us? And what about the land of motherhood? Dear ladies, I don't think any of us have ever really explored the fullness of all that God has for us as mothers. Oh, it is a wonderful land. And we're currently talking about how it is a delightful land. This is only one of the descriptions. But lovely ladies, will you come with me now? Will you come with me and let us explore the delightful things that are in this land? I want to take you and and take you with me. It's going to be exciting. I also love that scripture in Psalm 48, 12, 13, where it says, Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces, that ye may tell it to the generation following. Ladies, we've got to know what is in the land. So let's begin our exploring, shall we? First of all, we'll look at all the things that God delights in. Now, all these things relate to us in our land too. And I won't give you all the scriptures. I'll mention some here and there because it would be just too many to give you. Number one, God delights in his beloved son. Isaiah 42, 1, Behold my servant whom I behold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. God delights in his only beloved son, which he gave for the whole world. And so we want to delight in him too. Everything that God delights in, surely we will delight in. Number two, God delights in his land that he gave to his people. We talked about that in the last session. It's called a beautiful land. It's called a delightful land. Malachi 3.12, all the nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. And our land of motherhood is a delightful land. Now, I know many young mums in the throes of motherhood and feeling overwhelmed and so tired you can hardly bear it. You don't think, wow, how can this be a delightful land? Dear mothers, can I give you a little secret? Everything comes back to our attitude. 
And our attitude is founded upon knowledge and truth. If we don't know what the land of motherhood is all about, well, we're not going to be able to enjoy it to the full. The land of motherhood is a delightful land. So we've just got to get it into our spirit and into our mind and into our knowledge. This is what it is. God planned it to be delightful to us. God does not give us something that is not delightful because he delights in us. He delights in his people. He delights in motherhood. It's his plan his design. It's delightful. And we've got to get this word into our beings. Do you use that word very much? Get it into your vocab. Get it into your motherhood vocab. Begin to speak it. Wake up in the morning. Thank you, Lord, that I'm going to live in my delightful land of motherhood today. Thank you that you've brought me into this delightful land. Thank you for these children you have given me that that delight our hearts. Well, sometimes they drive you crazy, but really they are the delight of your heart. You would die for them. You would never give them away. Look, you, you could everything in your house could be taken, but you would hang on to your children. They are your delight. And so we delight in the land of motherhood as God delights in his land. Number three, God delights in his house. That's talking about the temple which was the house of God, my house, God called it. My house shall be called a house of prayer. He called it my house. In Haggai 1 verse 8, it says, Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure. I will take delight in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. In Isaiah 44, verse 28, it's a prophetic word about Cyrus. Now, I'm sure you know who Cyrus was. Cyrus was one of the greatest generals and kings in the earth. Um, He was known as the king of the four corners of the earth. And this is a prophetic word about this king. He was a secular king. He wasn't an Israelite king. And... uh, Yet God names him, yes, literally speaks his name in the Bible a hundred years before he was even born. Listen to it. Thus, that, this is God speaking, that saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure, all my delight, even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built, and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. 
Isn't that amazing, ladies? That's a prophetic promise given a hundred years before it happened, before Cyrus ever came into the world. But God raised up Cyrus, this wonderful uh, king. He was a wonderful king. He was such a generous man. I loved reading the story of Cyrus. You can read it in the book called um, Cyropedia by Xenophon. Um, and it's an amazing story of how this man had this incredible, generous spirit, even from a child. He just loved to give and to bless people. And as he grew up to be a great general and then later king of the four corners of the earth, uh, he was so generous to his soldiers as he gathered them together. If anyone had done anything that was good, he would tell it to everybody and he would would encourage them and he would give gifts to them. And uh, as he took over nations, the nations wanted him to take, for him to take them over because he was so good to them. But God raised him up for a specific purpose because he took over Babylon. He conquered Babylon, became king of Babylon. And when he became king, what did he do with the people of Judah, who were captives in Babylon. Did he put down more um, captivity upon them? No. No, he, he, this was, he was such an incredible king that he said, oh my, you've got a, um, a temple back there in your land and it's in ruins. I'm going to give you money to go back and rebuild your temple. And here's all the things that King Nebuchadnezzar took from your temple. Look, take them back with you and I release you to go. I mean, that was miraculous. But it was fulfilling the prophecy that God said his people would be in Babylon for 70 years and then they would return and they would rebuild the temple. And what does God say here? That... They, Cyrus would perform his delight and his pleasure to rebuild the temple again because it was delightful to God, because it was where um, he came and presenced himself in the midst of his people. And even today, God delights in his house he delights in the gathering of his people together. And so that's something we should delight in too. The gathering of God's people coming together to pray and to worship and, and to sit in his presence. God delights in that. That's something we delight in. Even in the land of motherhood, it becomes part of our mothering. That we as mothers make this a very important thing in our families. That we are committed to the gathering of God's people. We take our children, we take our family to the regular gathering of God's people. We are not those who, any excuse, we stay at home. We're not those who, even when persecution comes, we give up. No, we're not like those who, when all these mandates came and masks came and social distancing, many churches didn't even meet. I beg your pardon? Help, no. 
We don't gather just when everything's great. We gather because this is what God loves. Number four, God delights in his people. Yes, and so we should delight in God's people too. Here's a few scriptures of many. Numbers 14, verses 7 and 8, the land which we are passing through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. God brings us into the land because he delights in us. Deuteronomy 10, 15, the Lord had delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people as it is this day. David said in Psalm 18, verse 19, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Psalm 149, verse 4, For the Lord taketh pleasure, delight in his people. That's one of the Hebrew words, ratzah. Actually, that word, ratzah, in the Hebrew, is used 57 times in the Bible. And it's only one of the 20 words. And... uh, Yes, specifically of David, First uh, Chronicles twenty-eight four says, "Among the sons of my father, God liked me." It means delighted. It's the word ratsa again, meaning delighted in me, to make me king over all Israel. And then talking about Solomon in Second Chronicles nine verse eight. It says, Blessed be the Lord God, which delighted in thee to set thee on his throne to be king for the Lord thy God. Let's go to Song of Songs, chapter 7, verse 6. How fair and how pleasant art thou, O love, for delights the word There, there's two different words for delightful there. How fair and how pleasant, Naim, art thou, O Lord, O love, for delights. Here's some other translations of that word, and this is from the Song of Solomon. And we can read the Song of Solomon in different ways. It's a picture of Christ and his bride, And Christ is looking at his bride, delighting in her. How fair and how pleasant art thou, O love, for delights. For God delights in his people. Yes. Um, Let's see, some other translations. How beautiful you are, my love. How charming. How delightful. And of course, we can also read the Song of Solomon as a description of the relationship of a husband and his wife. I wonder if our husbands can say these words to us. Here's another um, translation. How delicious is your fair beauty. It cannot be described as I count the delights you bring to me. 
Wow. Can your husband say that about you? Do you bring him delights? Are you delightful to him? Do you make yourself delightful to him? The New Living Translation says, Oh, how beautiful you are. How pleasing, my love. How full of delights. What a beautiful description of a wife. To be full of delights. Oh, wow. That's all part of your land of motherhood, dear one. Number five, God delights in the upright. First Chronicles 29, 17. Proverbs 11, verse 20. Such as are upright in their way are his delight. Number six, God delights in truth. Proverbs 12, 22. Lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Number seven, God delights in prayer. Proverbs 15, verse 8, the prayer of the upright is his delight. And of course, dear ladies, all these things that God delights in, we also will want to delight in. If he dwells in us, we'll delight in the things that he delights in. Number eight, God delights in marriage. Proverbs 18.22 Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favour or obtaineth the delight of the Lord. God delights in marriage because he designed it and he designed it to be delightful. Yes. Number nine, God delights in those who fear him. 10. God delights in mercy. Number 11. God delights in our knowing him. Number 12. God delights in loving kindness, justice, and righteousness. For in these things do I delight, saith the Lord. In Jeremiah 9, verse 24. Number 13, God delights in correction. Proverbs 3.12, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son, in whom he delighteth. Well, sometimes we don't like that scripture, do we? We don't want to be corrected. We don't want the correction of the Lord. We don't even like correction from anybody else. But correction is is something of love. And the scripture here says, this is a father who delights in his children, corrects them. It's the same with others, with us as mothers. Why do we correct our children? Because we delight in them and we want the best for them. And so we have to correct them. And of course, this is how correction should be, um, should be operated. We don't correct our children out of frustration because they're getting on our nerves, because we're not training them properly. And uh, they, they ask us about something and we say, no, 
No. And, but they keep asking and they just keep asking and they just keep asking. So we just give in or we tell them to do something and they don't do it. And so um, we just keep telling them and then we keep telling them. And when we've told them for the 17th time, we're screaming at them. That's not training children. No, that's not correction. Correction is where we deal with them when we face the situation immediately. And we deal with them. Maybe we have to sit down and talk with them. Maybe sometimes we have to use uh, the rod of correction. But we do it according to the situation, according to the child. And it's because we delight in them. But when we delight in our children, we have a standard for them. Oh, it's just not the normal standard of the world. No, we, our longing is the same longing that Christ has, God has for us, that Christ may be, just may be made known in us. He wants to see Christ formed in us. And we long for that too. We long for Christ to be formed in our children's lives. We want them to come into the character of Christ. We are not happy when when they are not living that way. And so we will bring correction because we delight in them. And that's what God does. He doesn't leave us where we are. Thank goodness. And he's still working on us no matter what our age God is still working on me. Wow, I'm nowhere near arrived. Oh, there is still so much to do in me. Goodness me. And and so therefore I must love correction. I must be open to it. I must have that attitude. Yes, God, deal with me. Oh, God, yes, I receive that. I want to change. And so we will grow more into the likeness of Christ. Number 14, God delights in obedience. We love that in our children too, don't we? In 1 Samuel 15, 22, Samuel said to Saul, because Saul had just um, defeated the Amalekites, but God had told him to destroy everything. Not only the people, but all the animals, everything. But Saul did not listen. Saul saved a lot of the best of the animals. And God came to Saul through the prophet Samuel and said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? Because Saul used the excuse that he was going to use them for sacrifice. But in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And so God is saying here what he delights in most of all is obedience to what he says. Sometimes we think what God says is well, I don't really think that's the best thing. I think I've got a better idea. I know better than God. Isn't it amazing how often we think we know better than God? Sometimes what God says seems, wow, it just seems so far out. But God's way is always best. 
and he delights in our obedience. Number 15, God delights in a broken and contrite spirit. 16, God delights in accurate weights. He hates cheating. Proverbs 11 verse 1, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Well, ladies, that's just 16 things that God delights in. And of course, we will also delight in them too. But now we are going on to the things that God specifically tells us that he wants us to delight in. These things relate to us in our Christian walk, in this kingdom walk in which we are living, and also in our land of motherhood. Well, let's see. I think I'll have to stop, actually, because here we are. We've been going for 35 minutes, and I better not start this now, or I'll be going for another 35 minutes. So, ladies, uh, we'll begin this next week. Next week, I want you to come with me again, and we're going to explore the land again. We're going to explore God's Word. We're going to go through it. We're going to walk through the land. We're going to walk through the scriptures and uh, we're going to find out uh, all that God has for us and the things he wants us to light in. Now, ladies, mothers, wives, are you getting the picture? Are you seeing delight is a word that just comes over and over again in God's precious word. I'm just looking at the new the Old Testament at the moment and we found 20 different Hebrew words remember. We've looked at 16 different things God delights in. Next week, we're going to start 22 different things God wants us to delight in. And every one has many, many scriptures with, these, with this wonderful word delight or delightful or pleasure. And uh, so I want you to get it, ladies. I want you to start using this word in your vocab. Even use it toward your children. Tell them, children, you are the delight of my heart. Oh, what a delightful boy you are. Thank you so much for obeying mummy straight away. Oh, I'm so delighted in you. And so use the word delight. Thank the Lord that he has brought you into this delightful career of motherhood. It's his plan. It's his design. And he's designed it to be delightful. Okay? Are you getting the picture? Let's pray. Dear Father, we, Lord, we are so sorry that we don't really speak the language of your word. Help us to speak Bible language. Lord God, we are seeing that the word delightful is so much part of your word 
and your vocabulary and your heart. Help us, Lord, to make it part of our vocabulary and to come more and more into the delight of mothering. Lord God, to see each new day as a delight. Even when things go wrong, even when things are tough, Lord, help us to see our delight in you and and all the things you want us to delight in. Not looking at the, the difficulties, but looking at you, looking at the good things. We ask that you will help us in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.